You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Hey everybody, welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate today to sit down with Jessica Goldman Shrubnik, CEO of Goldman Properties. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. It was a challenge because this woman is serious. She's very busy. She's involved in a lot of projects. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's a businesswoman and she's always working she's training she's a member at anatomy and she's trying to be optimal and every level in all phases of her life and i just really think the world of this uh woman she's an incredible person big heart and we are very lucky to have her on the show wow that's so nice thank you (laughs) absolutely so jessica you know off the air we were just talking about your upbringing and I said of course you're you're a Miami girl you grew up in Miami and you did not grow up in Miami you grew up in New York City so you're let's talk about your start in New York City and your your beginnings sure so um, I'm a New York City born and raised young lady Um, I um, I had a a very unusual upbringing my parents got divorced when I was about uh, seven years old and I went back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. And actually, as it turns out, when I was 16, my parents remarried each other. Wow. The, yeah, so <laughs> that's just the beginning. But, um, but in the midst of that, my dad um, discovered Soho. And so um, at the time, it was a really rundown neighborhood. Um, it was garbage truck garages. It was really a place that was... A lot of big open spaces, but it was somewhat hopeless. Not a lot of people really knew or understood Soho. And it was really the beginning of of a journey of revitalizing neighborhoods. And so I was seven years old um, when he first opened our our first restaurant called the Green Street Cafe. We lived above the store, so to speak. And so I spent my childhood, I was a cashier, I was a hostess, I worked in the kitchen for a little while, but I didn't like it, it was too hot. Um, I went to bartending school, I was a bartender. And so wow, we, have I didn't a, know that. we have a work ethic, a very strong work ethic in our family. And, um, and so I really was a, a witness to some extraordinary, um, some extraordinary things and it was, it was a, an amazing upbringing. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was exposure to everything. It was exposure to nightlife. It was exposure to gay and straight and people of all colors. Um, it, was, it was exposure to theater and food and art and design. And, you know, and both my parents were uh, pretty pretty extraordinary and so and they were very entrepreneurial so Mm. it's just it's natural that you know being that I come from entrepreneurial parents that I choose an entrepreneurial path okay and at that time did you start to you know uh, get an idea about the types of things you wanted to do with your life and and what direction your life was taking in regards to school and a possible major in college so I was 16 when my dad came to Miami Beach and kind of took a turn onto Ocean Drive and Fifth Street and saw the American Riviera. And he started coming here on a weekly basis. Um, wow. So from when New I York was City. From New York City. I was, uh, I was 16. My brother was 14. And so we started coming down here quite often. And... You know, there were places like The Spot and place, you know, there are all kinds of these amazing places. Um, and so I got my first taste of Miami Beach um, as a, I guess, a young, a young adult. And so, you know, I never really thought that real estate was that interesting. I didn't think it was sexy. And so it was, wasn't really something I was very interested in. Um, I went to Boston University. I wanted to go to a, 
another city the for ta- my school. The Terriers. The Terriers. The terriers. Um, Did you like Boston? I loved Boston. For for a young person, if you have a choice to go to you know to co- to go to college anywhere in the country, Boston is an exceptional place to go to school. Or grow up there. For that or matter. grow up there, and um, and so I went to Boston University. I studied psychology because I'm very interested in the dynamics of people and human beings. And I think that it has helped me in understanding and navigating through a lot of scenarios, both good and challenging. And so when I graduated, I figured I would work for a year and then go back and get a master's or a PhD in psychology and be a child therapist. And I was accepted to the, um, the Saks Fifth Avenue um, um, executive training program. Okay. And I ended up staying there for five years. I became the associate fashion director for the whole company. Wow. Um, worked like a crazy person. But I think that when you're that age, when you're in your early 20s, that you should be the first one in and the last one out. And you should do I'm your... I'm sorry. Tr- Could you say that again, please? You should be the first one in and the last one out. In your 20s, at, in at your the 20s, very least. I think you got to work really hard. You should be known for your first name and not your last name. And that's one of the things that for me was really, really important about working outside of the family business. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get a sense of who I was, not Tony's daughter or Janet's daughter or Joey's sister, but for being myself and for being Jessica and finding my own skills and talents and working very hard and having a really, really positive attitude, doing whatever is asked of you, obviously within reason, um, but with a smile on your face. And that is how you learn. That is how people gain respect for you. You must do the job yourself. You must be willing to do any job of any kind yourself. And so I did all those jobs in the restaurants and I did all those jobs when I first got out of college. And so I think that's where we really get a sense of who you are. And um, and so I, I was there for five years. It was an incredible experience. And as a young woman, it was an environment of predominantly women, really strong women, um, which for me was fantastic. But I also recognized that um, I wanted to run my own business and make my own decisions. And I was applying to graduate school. And my mother had a conversation with me that kind of changed the trajectory of my life. And um, you kind of remember those points in time. And that's one that I remember. And I was 27 years old. And she said, your father is doing extraordinary things. I think that you need to go to the Tony Goldman School of Business. And I said, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And I gave him a one-year contract. (laughs) I told no, seriously, because, you know, family business is not the easiest thing in the world. And it has its own dynamics. And... It also has its own opportunities and possibilities. And so um, I said, I'll do it for a year. I want you to put me through a training program, at, which at the time we didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I want, I'd like you to create one. And I'd like to see if I can bring value to our company and, and that it's, is it an environment that I really want to spend my time? And, um, and that was almost 19 years ago. Wow. So yeah, I can't it's quite incredible. believe that. That's incredible. That the the whole intro to this podcast, your interview, was incredibly powerful. Uh, the entire thing, but what stands out more than anything is the amount of time, effort, and sacrifice that you mentioned. And you should be known for your first name and not your last name. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a big deal. I yep. you know deal and interact with a lot of people, and they don't necessarily want to be as active or proactive, and they just want to rely on the things that have been set before them, and uh, what you've just given our audience is really powerful. So thank you very much for sharing that. My pleasure. Um, so after the Tony Goldman School of Business, yeah, you took your. I still feel like I'm. I'm in, sure. in the Tony Goldman School I, I, of Business. I'm sure that, that never ends. Now you're forever. in the, the PhD program. Yep. And your, you've, uh, your company rather, is the premier company for revamping revitalizing neighborhoods picking those neighborhoods and one of those neighborhoods is actually the Wynwood 
district. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which I love, by the way. I think it's incredible. And I was there with my wife and we were standing outside of a restaurant and I looked at the name and it said Joey's. And I've been told many times about many times about this restaurant. And then I looked to my right and then I saw the street it was on. And then I realized I think this, of course, <laughs> there's, there's a connection, connection yeah. here. Right. And I'm thinking, wow, that that was impressive. But it just spoke to the amount of work that's been done to bring that neighborhood to what it is today. And because it hasn't been like that, it hasn't been like that. And, and it looks incredible. And it's very popular. It's booming. There's great energy. There. I love going through there. So tell us about the Winwood project and when you guys really started to to get to work on it. Sure. So. You know, like I mentioned before, um, we are in the business of revitalizing neighborhoods. And Soho was our first. Uh, Miami Beach was our second. Center City, Philadelphia was our next. Wall Street was another. Um, And Wynwood was a neighborhood that actually my brother discovered. Um, We would do neighborhoods every seven to ten years. And so... My dad tasked my brother, said, go find us our next neighborhood. And he discovered Wynwood. He loved it for kind of its urban feel. We are New York City people born and raised. And so we love pedestrian neighborhoods. We love scalability. And so Wynwood had a lot of that. It had a really interesting grid system. The location was 10 minutes really from everywhere. Um, And it had the opportunity or the potential of being a real interesting pedestrian neighborhood. The architecture was nothing significant, which is a little unusual because we go into neighborhoods that have architectural significance. But what was fascinating was that there was a lot of street art and um, and the buildings kind of lent themselves to being canvases. And so my dad, I remember very, very vividly, stood on, the, um, on Northwest 2nd Avenue, which is now Tony Goldman Way, and between uh, 26th and 25th Street, and he said, this is the center, um, and this is going to be the center for the creative class. And so then we spent the next, you know, I think it's been, it was was, uh, 2005 that we started buying property there. So it's been 11 years. Um, And, you know, people think that Wynwood is exploding, you know, in a very good way, which it is, but, It takes time. All of these things take a lot of time. And you'll like this in particular. You know, we like to have a marathon mindset. We're not about sprinting. You know, we're not sprinters. We are marathoners. And in order to be a marathoner, you have to train and you need hard work and you need, you know, to really uh, be incredibly, incredibly committed to what you do. And so when we choose a neighborhood, you know, I like to say that. You know, it, you almost think of it as a gift to to the city or to the or to the to the community because that means that the Goldman family is really, you know, embedding ourselves into that community, and we will work very hard and very tirelessly tirelessly to create something special. And we don't duplicate, so none of our neighborhoods are the same. Right. And what works in Wynwood might not work in Philadelphia mm-hmm. or vice versa. And so Wynwood is you know i like to think it's you know it's it's all of our babies but um but it's a place that we have taken all the lessons from all of the neighborhoods over the last you know we've been in business for almost 49 years now and so um we've taken all of those lessons and really really kind of sunken them into winwood and i think what you're seeing there is a really really vibrant special, dynamic, um, you know, individual type of a place. And you stand in Wynwood and you know exactly where you are. Right. Um, so it's a, it's, and it's becoming a very important, it's a very important um, art destination. And I'd like to, you know, one of my goals for that neighborhood is, is, is that it, it will be one of the most important neighborhoods in the world for public art. Um, but I also think it's becoming a very important food neighborhood. Absolutely. You know, when we started, Joey's was the first restaurant, and now there are almost 30 restaurants in the neighborhood. It's incredible. So incredible. It's exciting. And they all offer, it's very exciting. They all offer something very unique, as you said. Uh, 
I, I noticed that you said that no neighborhoods are, are, are duplicated uh, or yes but the canvases on the on the uh, on the walls of the buildings it's just too truly incredible if you t t were to tap into social media and just hashtag Winwood you would absolutely know where you are in Winwood because it's so unique it's so dynamic there's so much energy there very colorful and you know I think it's a hotbed for young talent in regards to the art industry. Absolutely. Um, well, and I also think that the neighborhood has taken off the way that it has because we're living in a time of social media. And so, you know, you ask five years ago if anyone had ever heard of Wynwood and they would tell you no. But today you ask people in places like Berlin or Hong Kong or... I mean, you name it, I get calls from, you know, from Argentina, from Peru, of people that have been to Wynwood or they've seen it or they've heard about it and they want it in their neck of the woods. They right. want a piece of Wynwood. Right. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how that translates to other parts of the world. And I think to a degree it will, um, hopefully with our help, because, you know, that's something that we're really interested in doing and in, in, in creating other artistic projects around the world. Um, but I also think that because of Instagram and, and Facebook and all of those other things that I don't even know about anymore, like mm -hmm. Snapchat, and, right. yeah, my, I learned from my children. But, um, but because of that, you know, people go there and you have this incredible backdrop and, you know, beautiful, you know, beautiful artwork where the artists have left a part of themselves in our, you know, in our neighborhood to enjoy, right. and and then people transmit that all over the world in a matter of instant, in the matter of an instant. Right. So, it's made for really good marketing and publicity for our little neighborhood. Terrific. You know, in regards to letting the neighborhood take on a life of its own, you kind of let that come to fruition, as you mentioned. Um, but how much thought goes into? Uh, certainly like profitability but also in re in attention but how much thought goes into what restaurant or what types of businesses actually comprise that neighborhood like how does talk to me about that process so that is a um a function of what we refer to as curation and so people used to think of curation as curating art um we look at it look at it as curating a neighborhood and we curate our tenancies. And so, um, you know, when we go into a neighborhood, it's really because we want to effectuate change and we want to create hope out of something that's hopeless. And people are very visual and they generally see what it is, whatever it is that's in front of them is what they see and they can't really imagine what something could be. And so um, I, I think what we do is we, we paint the picture of, an, of what the neighborhood could be, and then we start to fill it in. And curating is incredibly, incredibly important to find those right tenants that will be involved in your community and that, that you have to go to Wynwood to find, the, you know, to go to the Zach the Baker or the Panther Coffees. Um, and so, um, you know, interesting tenants and, and, you know, where it's very experiential, where it's not just a cookie cutter type of an experience. And we spend a lot of time um, really researching what's out there in the world and also kind of vetting those that want to participate in our neighborhood. It's okay. Terrific. Um, you have you know, the revitalizing neighborhoods, there's so much thought that goes into that. Uh, Goldman Properties, you, you, let's just step away from the, the business side of things. You're also a mom. You're also a mom and you have two boys, correct? It's my great, no, I actually have three boys. Three boys. Three boys, my greatest, greatest, <laughs> most joyous thing ever. These are my favorite questions, I have to be completely honest, because it's I was raised best. by a mom, a single mom, who raised two boys. So mm -hmm. tell me what it's like being a mom, but also being a, a power woman and you're just a businesswoman <laughs> and how do you raise they don't the boys? I'm such a power woman. I think they, they, I think think they do. Mom. They have to. They have to. Yeah. What's it like being a mom? You know, it is it's my greatest joy. Truly my greatest uh, my greatest joy. Um, those children fill my heart with a lot of love and 
um, you know, and it, very honestly, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, I think it's really important to prioritize. It's important to be in the moment. So when you are with them, you are really with them. Um, and I think that it's getting harder and harder with all of our electronics, not just the adults, but the children. Um, and I, th I think that it's important to make time without electronics. Um, and it's, it's hard. It's hard for everybody. Um, Emails, texts, you don't want to miss that. anything. So when I walk through the door, I'm mom. I'm not a businesswoman. I'm, I'm just mom. And, you know, and that means putting my children to bed. That means, you know, cuddling on the couch and watching, watching something fun together. That means doing homework. That means, you know, really just having family dinner. You know, it's very important to my husband and I that we have family dinner and we sit around the table and, um, and talk to each other. You know, someone asked my dad years ago, I remember, because I, I have a very, very special, I had a very special relationship with my father. And uh, a gentleman who had three girls asked him, you know, how, do you, how did you have this relationship? How did you get this relationship? And he said, keep them close and keep them talking. And so I, my children are my priority over anything. Um, everyone in my work world understands that and knows that. Um, I also expose my children to the things that I'm involved in, the challenges that I have, and um, you know the good things and the bad things. And so we have a lot to talk about. They're very, very worldly. Um, you know, they can talk about. I mean, I don't know how deeply they can talk about it, but they can talk about mortgages and they can talk about profits and losses and they can talk about human resource issues and they can talk about. Um, you know, they'll, they, if you show them a picture of an artist, you know, they can, they can, you know, usually pinpoint who that artist is. Um, I think my parents talked to me like a person, no matter what age I was, mm -hmm. I talked to my children that way. And, you know, it's, it's, I can't be at everything. Um, you know, I'm not going to be that the classroom mom. Um, but I will be really strategic with my time and I will take the entire grade to the Wynwood Walls and spend the day with the whole grade, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. You know, and give them that kind of an experience. So you pick and choose, right. you know. And I guess it's all about balancing and, and like, you know, sh making sure that you make the most of your time. And we, and we it's talk. It's a choice. Choice, right? We all have our own choices. No one can make those choices for us. And that is what we are in control of. And so, you know, there are times that I choose to you know i choose work and there are times that i choose to go to my kids basketball game um and so you know there are times that i just choose not to go out during the week for business dinners mm -hmm. i just choose not how to do you do make that. those choices because these this is like the nuts and bolts of the Megna method podcast to try to figure out if someone like jessica goldman can make uh time in her schedule you know to see her kids as a priority. You might say, Mark, that's easy. That's a no-brainer. But it's not a no-brainer for everyone. Some people, they let their jobs and their lives be consumed by their work. You make the choice to go to their games, which is terrific. And then sometimes you make the choice to do business. And then sometimes you just said, I have a client I train three times a week at 5 a.m. He cannot <laughs> say no to the business dinners. Okay? Right. You say this week, no business See, dinners. I would say no to the 5 a.m. client because <laughs> I'm not a morning person. Well, I, I get my workout in before the 5 a.m. Right? client. That's really impressive. It's a sick problem. I have. You know, but I think that we all create our own opportunities. And, um, you know, I have an exceptional trainer named Grant who, uh, you know, I met through you and I train here um, at Anatomy, He's who terrific. is amazing, amazing, amazing. And we always have in the midst of our workouts, we always have really interesting conversations. And part of those conversations, one that we had recently was about that we create, you know, each individual, me, myself, um, I create my own opportunities. And so if I want to be home all the time, well, that's going to prevent other things. If I want to be out all the time, then that will prevent other things. And so choices are to have deep and meaningful relationships, and that takes time. Choices are to take care of your body. That takes time and, and commitment. Um, choices are to excel in your work. That takes time. 
And so we only have, unfortunately, 24 hours in a day and seven days a week. And so the choices are, how do you divide up your time? And a lot of, a lot of women, you know, will, a lot of working women will prioritize the work and the family, but they don't prioritize themselves. And so I struggled with that for a really long time, but I recognized that if I don't take care of myself, then I can't take care of anybody else. And so I think it's, it's really a balance. And that word is sometimes it agitates me because it's sometimes it's just impossible to have a balance. And to me, it's more about the choices that you make to have the life that you want. And, you know, and that's, I chose to have three children. Right. I choose to work. I don't have to work. I love working. Mm -hmm. I want to work. I choose to come here, you know, to anatomy as my exercise program. So. And I can only imagine, Jessica, I mean, this this is the exact focus of of the topic. It must be so incredibly chaotic. And I hear people all the time, you know what, I'm not going to get into a relationship until this happens I'm not going to buy the house until this happens or I'm not going to take this step until this happens I said guys get used to working in chaos there's never going to be a perfect time do you agree uh you know I surround myself with really really smart people um I am insanely organized I would I would I would drown I would I would drown in my life if I were not organized and so there's not a lot of rest um, in my world, except my kids are away at camp, so I'm getting a little more rest than I normally get. But, um, you know, it is, everyone has to function in a way that makes sense for them. And so, as an example, my dad passed away, it'll be four years now. And so, um, you know, and that was like being hit by a tsunami. I mean, that was just devastating on so many levels. And, you know, and our company, even though I had worked f- with our company for 15 years and worked with my dad for 15 years and we shared a partner's desk and it was an incredible experience, but he did things the way that were comfortable for him mm-hmm. as a, you know, as, as it pertained to our business and our company. And I had to take it apart and, you know, like peel out, peel, what is it? Peel the onion. Right. Um, and look at it and put it back together in a way that made sense for me. And so I think that that's that's everyone's life is very different and I have the benefit I mean I run our company so I can make the choices Mm -hmm. of you know if I I choose to take a meeting or I don't choose to take a meeting or I choose to take a dinner or not take a dinner there are a lot of people that can't make that choice they don't have the flexibility of that and you know and what I would say is that as long as you are doing a job that you love that you feel you know that you make a difference and that you know you are respected and you have respect for those that are in leadership of you, of the company that you're with, then you kind of you find the places that are okay to sacrifice. Awesome, awesome. So, I, I think we. I told you we have a lot to no, talk about. No, we have. About. A, I have so many things to. <laughs> t- I have so this many. This is going things to be about. a three-hour interview. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> this is great. So let's talk about your how you make up your team so you are a leader you're a ceo you're running this company Talk and i just started another company w- w- tell us about the other company <laughs> tell us um so the new company is called goldman global arts that's right and that was one so of my one of my 10 i questions. took one of your questions okay yeah. sorry that's right. um so we have you know i've been asked quite a lot to do projects for other people and i wasn't really ready to do that, I wanted to make sure that my own house was in order, and uh, before I started to take on other responsibilities, because you know we talk about choices and, and balance, and you know, and how there are only 24 hours in a day, and if I take on other things, that's taking time away from something else. And so, Goldman Global Arts is a company that we started um, last summer. And I started it with a partner named Peter Tunney, who's a, a phenomenal artist and just an all-around outstanding, amazingly creative human being. Um, and I just, I found that when I was with him, um, just these ideas just started flying and anything seemed possible. And I just wanted to do more work with him. 
And so um, our first client is Dolphin Stadium. And so we are, so essentially the company is, um, is to take what we've done and the lessons that we've learned over the last 49 years and to do creative, impactful projects for other people, large scale projects. So Dolphin Stadium, um, we are going to be doing a, about 22 large scale murals by, by international artists at Dolphin Stadium. And it's something I'm super, super excited about. And, you know, but it could be a, a collaboration with a watch company and artists. It could be, could be anything. It could be painting the, you know, the, uh, um, Brooklyn bridge. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, I've heard, a, I've heard a lot about it. And, uh, of course, Grant made mention of it cause he also, that's talk, why I wear talk, my dolphin yeah. shirt all the time. That's right. That's right. Very, uh, listen, I'm, I'm a, pa- a, I'm a Patriots now. person. It's not your fault. That's okay. That's I'm not, sorry. I'm happy to do something for the Patriots uh, too. Well, I'll make the call. So, um, but I've heard a lot about it and that, that that's a incredible thing. And I wanted to, I mean, if we talked about your projects, we'd have to map out a week yeah. because it's incredible. Really, it it's is fun. incredible. It's, I don't know how you're as productive as you are, but it's truly. It's because uh, I have an outstanding team. And so your question yes. originally right, was, was about team and how you put together your team. See, I do abs- listen. Yes, you do. You're a great listener. <laughs> um, Attention to detail. That's Well, it's very important to be a good leader. You also have to be a good listener. And, um, and I try. So, you know, a team, you are only as good as the people that are on your team. And so, you know, being a, a, a football person that you are, a former football person. Many, many lives ago. Many lives ago. But you're, I, you'll always be that way, right? right. Um, you know, you can understand that you can't get to the Super Bowl if you just have a phenomenal quarterback. That's right. You need an unbelievable offense, an unbelievable defense, a great coaching staff, a great train, you know, a training team, a, you know, a, all those things are, you know, are necessary in creating that uh, Super Bowl winning team. And it's the same in any organization. Um, you, you are represented by the people that work for you. So if people that work for me don't follow through or don't respond to emails or phone calls or are rude or, you know, are ungrateful or whatever, they're a a reflection of me. And so we are incredibly, incredibly fortunate that the team that we have, you know, are exceptional people and of the highest professional um, you know, um, abilities and, and they love what they do. So, I mean, that's also creating culture in an organization is about, uh, creating purpose and doing projects that people are proud of and being a leader that someone is really proud to be able to say that, you know, I work for Goldman properties and they're representative, right? Mm-hmm. They're always representative. Sure. They're always on stage and they're always uh, carrying your name. I mean, I find that with every single trainer that works for you. You know, they are all really really special, really really focused and and um, driven and knowledgeable in a way that I've never seen. And I've trained at a lot of different places with a lot of different people and um but you really feel a culture with a str- with strong leadership. Well, thank you so much. That's a huge compliment coming from My you. Pleasure. So thank you very much. And My pleasure. we do have an incredible team. You know, I say that all the time. We have an incredible team. We have an incredible team. But each individual is very different. Yep. And each individual brings their own talents uh, to South Beach. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but they... Talents are going to Cleveland Yeah, they lately. are. They are. Hopefully none of the Sorry, tra- trainers. Sorry, we got plenty of talents here. <laughs> this is true. But they all get it. I always talk about getting it. And they, they understand that the most important person in a trainer-client relationship is the other person. It's not them. So they, they're taking care of the other person in the situation. And they understand what that means. That may be conversational one session. That may be physical. Right. That may mean just being there for support. Whatever it may be, servicing that client. And it's a, a therapy lifestyle. session oh. now and again. <laughs> I've had one or two exactly. of Exactly. Well, you with your psychology background, you know if the mind's not there, the body can't do anything. Correct. It's true. So Correct. it's a huge part of it. And they, in short, in long, we're fortunate. We have a great team and they get it. And that's why anatomy is so special because of our team. Because you're only as good as your team. So 
and if you don't like this, you can cut it out. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before about the why, like why people do things. Absolutely. And, you know, as as a listener to your podcast, I'm you know, I am intrigued with how people find their motivation. And I'm a lifelong learner. I think that to be a really, really strong leader, you must be a good listener and you must be a good learner and you must be curious. You must explore what's out there. You, you must really want to openly listen to other people's points of view. Right. And so, you know, nothing's perfect. No family is perfect. No job is perfect. No life is perfect. Everybody has their crap that they have to deal with. A million percent. And, and so, you know, and how you manage those is how you kind of find your journey. And um, not to turn the tables and start interviewing you, but... I get that a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really... I think it's really interesting to understand what motivates people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what... Because the body, you know, that's one thing that we control. Each individual controls controls their own their own body, their own choices, their decision to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and train, or in my case, maybe wake up at six thirty, <laughs> but right. um, or seven. Um, but um, you know, we make choices about what foods we put in our body, um, and there are ramifications of those foods. So, Absolutely. you know, I've recently cut out dairy and I feel a really big difference in my body. Powerful. Uh, re- I mean, shocking actually. Um, and so I don't know, I, I find that, um, finding that motivation and learning from somebody like you or Grant or, you know, or, s- and you know, somebody else, you know, is really intriguing to me because that's, that's an area that I'd like to understand better and, you know, and I think that if we all kind of, whether it's using meditation to find, you know, to, to find peace um, and to calm the mind, um, you know, whether it's exercise, you know, cardio exercise or weight training to, um, what's the word, to change your own body chemistry yeah, or yeah. energy. Yeah, to, re- to optimize the body, uh, not to reconfigure, but to... Just you're trying to improve body composition, create blood flow, live off movement, uh, get the brain firing. I tell you, my most creative and best ideas, the best ideas I've ever had, in my opinion, come during exercise. Mm-hmm. When I was working on my... Because your mind is free. Oh, absolutely. And the blood's flowing, getting a lot of blood to the brain. And I feel amazing and I'm excited and I feel the energy and the euphoria when I... I was working at a corporate wellness facility and when I was working on my second book, which has been a long process, I'm in the editing phase now, I set up my laptop in the middle of the room and put it on a plyo box, plyometric box, and I would just go over to it. And then Mm. when I experienced a little bit more technology, because I'm not the best tech person in the world, I got an app and Dragon Dictation, I would speak to the app and it would type it and I would email it to myself. Um, But, you know, I, I, I really believe that you know, my motivation stems from a few things and showing people what is possible. And mm-hmm. for me, it's all about following through. And there's so few people in this world. Look, you're incredibly busy, but yet you figure out a way to keep your promises and to do the things you say you do. And that is very admirable. So I commend you for that. But to follow through, to tell someone you're going to do something and do it. And life is all about following through. And I take break it down to the most simplistic form. If you could just stick to the basics, go to bed, wake up, eat three square meals a day, move your body, train, do your job, do what you're supposed to do, do what you're expected to do, good things will happen. And with me, my grandfather would always tell me, uh, Mark, do this. Make sure you do it. If you promise when you're going to do it, follow through. My mother was big on it. And it comes down to one very simplistic thing. I have to submit a sp- I submitted a speech last week. And of all the things that I put into that 20-minute speech, I submitted it to the director of this, uh, this special platform. He loved. It's my family name. It's my name. You sign your name to it. So that's the most important thing to me. 
whatever you do, I don't care if it's sweeping the floor, mm-hmm. cleaning the floor, designing a, uh, a homepage, w- whatever, you sign your name to it. That's who you are. The way you do one is the way you do all. So don't tell me you don't sweep the floor well, but you could run a Fortune 500 company because you can't. It's everything. You have to be able to do everything. And that's what you spoke to earlier. So I have a philosophy that I share with my children and I share with the people that I work with and I share with the people that I do business with and um, that your own work product, whatever that work product may be, has to be the best, the best to your of your abilities. And that if I'm hiring a company, I tell them, I want you to bring me award-winning work. I want you to hand me work that you would submit in your own, you know, in your own field for awards. I tell my children, when you hand in a paper to a teacher, that work product should be something that you are incredibly proud of. And it could be just your math homework, or it could be a, you know, a, a paper, whatever it is, your, your handwriting, you know, all of those things you should have very high expectations of your own work product because that's what you control and that's how you represent yourself and so following through is how you're represented you know and the the people that you choose to uh to be friends with are how you're represented A million percent you know, the way that your body looks is how you you know is how you're represented and so all of those things and some things will be more important to you than other things um but, you know, the, the choice of, of person you choose to spend your life with, you know, that's representative of you. And so all of those things, you know, I, I really take a lot of care in my own work product. So whether it's a press release, you know, I labor over things like that where some people might say, oh, who cares and let somebody else do it. No, they're my words. They're my thoughts. And and you better believe I'm going to I'm going to be very um, it's going to be very important to me to be able to um, uh, let other people get a sense of who I am from my own voice, my own choices, you know, and my own work product. And that's what, you know, we talk about control and choices and, you know, that's what we all have to represent who we are. And so, you know, those are the choices that we make to uh to create the life to create the opportunities that we have and you know and at the end of the day when you're exhausted and you're super happy to lay down in a comfy bed and go to sleep you know you feel like you know what today was a great day and tomorrow i'm so excited to wake up because tomorrow is going to be another really interesting day um so it's all of it it's all about attitude it's all about attitude you meet people and they're just genuinely happy that's choice you meet people and they're just complaining about everything that's choice too absolutely we don't have to be that way that dovetails perfectly into my next question which is if you can name the three things that were your pillars uh that helped you get to the place that you're in now what three things would you say aided you in such a way that helped you rise to where you are now um hard work creativity and devotion hard work creativity and devotion let's just break down hard work because we all have very different definitions of what hard work is so what is hard work to you hard work is first in and first out uh, if not first in first out <laughs> take that part out <laughs> we have people first, like that <laughs> right first in last out okay. um hard work is is really about commitment um doing what you say you're gonna do hard work is doing what doing you say you're gonna do when it's sometimes it's not it's not easy no but you know it is um being committed to doing the best possible job that you can that to me, that's what hard work en- encompasses. And I come from that. My husband comes from that. My husband's an unbelievably hard worker. You know, my children are very hard workers. You know, it's it's a it's a philosophy. And and 
Let's talk about your husband for a quick second. Oh, a very, a yeah, very <laughs> uh, well-respected, very talented, husband. very successful lawyer. How does, I mean, it's such a great collaboration of powerful influence and, and experience and, and life lessons that you're obviously passing on to your children. Do you lean on your husband? I'm sure you, you have those talks where you need advice. And, of course. And, and what is that like? Nobody is, you know, no one is a pillar that they can, you know, go through life by themselves. That would be lonesome and terrible. And, um, you know, I was, I guess, partially incredibly lucky to find, you know, my my perfect husband and soulmate um and the other part is is hard work um you know it is respect we have huge respect for one another we laugh a lot i mean that's really really important um he thinks i'm gorgeous and i think he's you know i think he's gorgeous and so that doesn't that's hurt. awesome um <laughs> you know and we've been married for 15 years and, and really really happily married um, but because we're really committed to being married and we, we communicate, you know, we haven't talked a lot about communication and the importance of communication, but really success in life, a lot of that comes from your ability to communicate, your ability to listen. Um, and so we are very committed to figuring out whatever, whatever it's necessary to figure out whatever issue we might have. And you know, no marriage is perfect, except, you know, I'd like to think ours is close to perfect. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it is, there are times when, yeah, when he is, I mean, I, I couldn't do, I don't think I could do any of what I do without having his support, right. genuinely. Um, you know, and there are times when he needs me to pick up a little extra slack. And there's times where he, I need him to pick up a little extra slack. And that's a partnership, right. you know, Absolutely. and a love affair. Absolutely. Awesome. So we have a lot of listeners who are as aspiring to run their own companies, uh, entrepreneurs, um, just everyone that wants to climb the ladder of success. What three tips would you give a young person, you know, coming up in the business in their early 20s, they really want to establish themselves, they want to make something of themselves, they're working incredibly hard, but what pieces of advice would you give them? I would say to... Um, or to a younger Jessica Goldman. <laughs> you know, it's Because funny. you're young now. I'm, but, I'm still but young, a 20 but, year old, but, but a wiser. I'm wiser than of I course. was before. Um, be curious. Be curious. Be curious. Be curious about the, the world around you. Be involved in the world around you. You know, I think that I am much more interested in hiring a person who has a great energy and who's willing to try or do anything or learn anything um, as opposed to someone who's just stuck in their ways and, you know, and only thinking about themselves. I think there's a time in your life um, where it's really, really important to, well, I mean, all times of your life, you should always want to improve yourself, but, you know, read the newspaper, you know, I, I, I've discovered Instagram as this incredible resource for me of seeing what's happening in the world, um, and mostly in the world of art on, on a daily basis. And so, um, you know, I make sure to, you know, spend at least a half an hour every day just kind of scanning um, scanning Instagram, um, you know, but, but whatever it is that you are passionate about, don't be afraid to chase your passion because that's where you're going to be really happy and don't focus everything on money because money will not make you happy. Money makes things a little easier. Um, you know, that's, that's reality, but money, when you're doing something you love, you will flourish, you will fly, and then you will make money. You will, it will happen because people will want to be around you. People will want to do business with you. People will want to hire you. Um, be really, be driven and be hardworking and be ethical um, and be fun and, you know, and be curious. And that, that's what I would tell a younger Jessica, um, Terrific. you know, to do. Terrific. And let's briefly hit on, you're a member of Anatomy 2, 1220, you're... 
you train with Grant. You mentioned Grant is terrific. I think he's terrific. That's why I hired him. <laughs> I think he does a great job. I truly do. We are lucky to have him. Yes. Um, but our entire staff is very much like Grant, focused and hardworking. Let's talk about your your fitness life because this is something that you've taken on and you're committed to improving your your health and your ultimate goal is longevity, I'm sure. So talk to us about your fitness life and goals. So when I met Grant, I was at a point in my life where I felt like I needed help. And I felt that I needed structure and guidance in my exercise regimen. And, you know, we were talking about a team and what it takes to have a really successful team. And every team needs a coach. And there are times when I can be a leader and there are times where I need a coach. And in this case, with my fitness, I needed a coach. I needed someone to inspire me. I needed someone to guide me. I needed someone to in some cases, console me, um, you know, and, and, and share with me um, the benefits of certain things. I mean, I never really did weight training the way I do it now. Um, you know, I, there's some people that just think cardio is the way to go. And, you know, and, and I learned that it's really not, right. um, you know, and trying to find that balanced program. So, um, you know, I think that everybody needs their support system. And for me, Grant was that support system at a time that, you know, that was uh, where I didn't really have it. And that's, that was, he helped me to find inspiration and, you know, that somebody cared if I didn't show up. That's right. Um, you know, that, that I had an appointment, that that was my commitment to myself and that, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at my time, I know where I have to be. And if I'm not there, someone's going to make a phone call and say, Jessica, you know, where the hell are you? And I like that. And I needed that. Um, Now it's becoming more of a, you know, Grant, I need, I need more time. (laughs) Um, We're going to schedule two hour sessions. Fine. Perfect. Okay. I'm all, I'm all fall for it. Done. But it's been terrific watching, uh, you know your growth and you completely immerse yourself in it and i know you have and i work hard yeah you work very hard (laughs) you work you work very hard you do and i think being good at one thing makes you better at another so this i'm not surprised though well but i also think that um it is it's really important to understand what you're good at and understand what you're not good at and what you can improve on and so this experience for me is about improving. And I also learned that it's not about the quick fix, just like having that marathon mindset. That's right. That it's, it's about a lifestyle. It's about, you know, something that you do every day. And so I work in a, in a situation where there are a lot of times where I'm sitting for six straight hours. And like, that's not that healthy. Right. Um, you know, I just purchased a, one of those stand-up desks. I love so it. I'm super excited. Um, and so there are things, you know, taking a walk, taking, you know, having a meeting while you're walking or, you know, or taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator. I mean, there are a lot of things. It's really important to keep the body moving. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother is, you know, my mother and my mother-in-law, I won't tell you how old they are, but they are absolutely exquisite women, both of them. Um, and they, whether it's walk or Pilates or, you know, yoga or something every single day, every single day. And you would look at them and you would not believe that these women, you know, are the age that they are. And it's all, it keeps your mind healthy. It keeps your mind young. It keeps your body young. And it's really, really important just to keep moving. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, terrific example. You know, I believe uh, movement is the key. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention, when you mentioned your stand-up desk, uh, are you familiar with uh, the name Tim Ferriss? No. Tim Ferriss wrote a uh, New York Times bestseller called uh, Four Hour Work Week. Four Hour Work Week. I don't know if I agree with yeah. that, but okay. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's actually, no, it was that he let his entire life be consumed by his job. He took a vacation for two weeks. That two-week vacation turned into a three-month vacation in the company thrived without his presence and he couldn't believe it 
So he well, was I thinking, hope my company's yeah. not going to thrive without my presence. <laughs> right. But you know, you never know. You're right. And he said, wait a minute, which just led to, that didn't mean he didn't have to be there. It, it meant there's definitely a better way I should be doing things. Right. So anyway, the reason I bring Tim Ferriss up, he's doing a collaboration with Kelly Starnett. Kelly Starnett is a former physical therapist who also uh, is known to be the mobility coach for the entire CrossFit community. Oh, wow. So between Tim Ferriss and Kelly Starnett, they started a um, a cause or a charity to raise money for schools and try to create schools. That are the first, all the desks in the schools are stand-up desks. Oh wow! Right. So and they that's fabulous. It's great. Kelly Starnett wrote a book called uh, "Sitting Is the New Smoking." So you need to be on your feet. And this this is not a new novel idea. It's not a new concept. It's it is. It's very bad for you. So we're going to try to end this podcast soon because we've both been sitting down. <laughs> but that being said, thank you for your insight on fitness. And well, I will tell you one thing, as, as, uh, which I think is um, a mindset. As an example, my children came home from school one year. This was last year. And they said, Mom, we have to do 20 minutes of outside play as homework. I said, really? They said, yes, we have to do 20 minutes of outside play. I thought that was brilliant. I really did. I thought I it was it. really entrepreneurial of their school. I thought it was a way to get kids out of the house and away from electronics and, you know, and take it seriously that, that outside play is a really important component. And just whether it's for children or for adults, you know, how often do you go outside and throw the ball around or no. jump on a trampoline? You know, it's just because you're older it. doesn't mean you can't do that. No, not at all. And I'll share this with you. There's a, the, the Google of the fitness world is called bodybuilding.com. It's in Boise, Idaho, and the complex looks like Google. It's incredible. I've been there several times. You would think I would never, ever move to Boise, Idaho. After every trip, I tell my wife, I want to move to Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and she thinks I'm crazy, but I do. No, you can't move. Yeah, so... <laughs> They have uh, an owner who's an incredible person, and he created the whole company from his garage, and now it's worth almost a billion dollars. And now, a side note, he puts clauses in, in contracts and creates incentives to, if you play outside uh, for an hour three times a week, you get an extra X number of dollars. If, you're, if you train at a wow. local, first of all, they have the most beautiful gym you've ever seen in your life inside their building. 24-hour access to all the employees. I don't care if you sweep the floors. I don't care what you do. That's they wonderful. want everyone active. But if you want to train at an outside gym, he'll pay for the membership as long as you attend three times a week. That's really, yeah. really fantastic. It's incredible. That's and fantastic. all the transformations on the walls as you walk in are transformations of not people that they've worked with, but employees who work inside the building. And I'm talking about dramatic, incredible not just body, life transformations. Mm -hmm. I'm so sure. blown away all the time. I'm not moving to Boise. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not moving to Boise, but I think you I'm have. I'm sure it's really nice. It is nice. It's great for a weekend. I'm sure. So the last part, Jessica, is a speed round of questions to let have the listeners uh, get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Uh, you can give me more than one word answers. I'm happy to have you as long as you can stay. Okay. Favorite food. It used to be French fries. Oh, it used boy. to be chocolate. Now it's Kale. anything healthy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cheap food that you uh, secretly crave? Chocolate. Okay, chocolate. I love That's chocolate. Fine. I'm sure Grant will eat. Grant's an ice cream eater. Habitually. I can't eat ice cream. He's a machine. I don't know how he does it. No ice cream for you. No. Favorite ritual? Favorite ritual? Mm -hmm. Putting my kids to bed. Snuggling. Snuggle time. Awesome. Awesome. Favorite pastime? Exercise. <laughs> Exercise at Anatomy at 1220. Exactly. Perfect. Favorite sports? And watching football. Watching, watching, watching football. the Dolphins. I love football. Really? Yeah, I love it. Me too. Favorite sports team? Dolphins. Of course. Favorite athlete? Used to be Dan Marino. I knew you were going to say that. I love, he was my first crush. I'm sorry. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, for some reason, I just knew you were going to say that. Which Dan Marino was a stud back in the day. Yes. He still is a stud. Favorite movie of all time? 
Oh, favorite movie of all time. You know, I don't really watch so much TV or movies anymore. Um, favorite movie of all time. Can we come back to that Absolutely. one? Absolutely. think about that. Favorite book. Favorite book. Huh. We'll come back to those two, I all promise. Right. Favorite type of music. You know, I love the old school, like 70s kind of music. Nice. The disco? The disco stuff. You know, I, I love, I recently went to a, a, a Diana Ross concert. Talk about, wow. f- like, flash from the past. But, um, you know, I love the music that, you know, whether it's Barry White or things that, things that are really soulful. Yeah. A lot of heart in those songs. Yep. And you can understand the words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Favorite quote? Favorite quote. Um, Grit next to beauty makes beauty all the more beautiful. Wow, that's a great one. That was from my daddy. That's a great one, which is the answer to your next question, mentor. Mentor was, was my dad and my mom, both. Awesome. If you could create one dream business aside from all the businesses that and projects that you're into now, what would one of those projects be? Just a dream project that you know you. I'm actually do living my dream business. Okay. I am very genuinely okay. living my dream business. Okay. But if you had asked me, you know, if I could do anything else, if I were to not do what I'm doing today, mm-hmm. I I love movies and I love. You know, I would have said to be a movie producer, a movie director. Oh, that's true. I love creating something from nothing. Creative. You're a creative uh, very, personality. Very, very visual. Okay. Uh, one shot. Favorite TV show? You don't watch much TV. You know, I watch, um, there's a whole series of Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Oh, boy. I love <laughs> It's like my, uh, you know, my vice or whatever. Okay. I love that stuff. Grey's Anatomy. Right. And I have, I have a new thing now with my kids. Uh, we watch, what is it called? It's, um, uh, it's Little Big Shots. Is that what I, it's yeah, called? Yeah, my, bro- my brother and his daughter watch that. It's he told so, me about it's it. It's a great family thing to do together. It's really highly amusing. He said that. He called me up. Steve Harvey, right? Yes. Yeah, he it's told very me about cute. It. He loves it. It's very cute. And his daughter loves it. And we it. watch a lot of CNN. A oh, lot. Oh, man. This is a lot. Two extremes there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's okay. If you could have one phrase or word placed on a billboard, what would that be? Any word, any phrase for any anything you choose. And the billboard's like outside my house. The billboard. Let's this, let's just say the billboard is on uh, ninety five North and South. Hope. Hope. Okay. Powerful. Last but not least, favorite book. You got to take these listeners somewhere. They should read something. My it favorite could be anything. book. Um, you know, it's been a really long time since I've read a novel because I'm always, anytime I have quiet time, I, I just I always have work to read and I'm always reading current events and um, you know things like that. So. A book. I'm blanking on a on a good book. Um, it's okay. Listen, as busy as you are, you certainly get a pass. Thank you. You certainly get a pass. Thank you. Is there I, anything you want to? That's fine. Like I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, you're 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 taking care of in the education department. Yeah, I'm you're, good. You're definitely holding your own. You know, I do a program every year at the Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do case studies. So it's, you know, we're reading like 15 case studies all on um, like best practices of some of the greatest companies in the world and leadership and things like that. So that's where I get a, a huge amount of my reading. Oh, so sure. you could say the Harvard Business School Review or something. Okay, <laughs> perfect. That fits. That absolutely fits. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, you know, causes, charities, projects, anything. So I'm, um, I'm involved in this amazing organization called Cycle for Survival, which pairs up exercise and, and a good cause. 
and it raises money for rare cancer research at Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York, which is one of the preeminent cancer hospitals in the con- in the world, really. That's terrific. And so they do um, cycling events where you create a team, and we have a team called Team Luke, which is after my nephew, and you know, and you cycle and raise money, and so it's an amazing, amazing program. They have them all over the country. They generally are in February and March of every year. And so I would say that check it out. It's an amazing program, awesome. really. I think I just said amazing program twice. That's all so right. it must be really yeah, amazing. It must be pretty special. That's all right. So how can they find more information on that? Yeah, you can go online to uh, and, and just search Cycle for Survival, and, um, and you'll find it. But okay. they've done some incredible work in 100% of the proceeds, everything that you raise, 100% of that goes to rare cancer research and it gets distributed within six months time. So, and you can see all the different things that all the different um, studies and um, you know, the things that that have really um, benefited as a result of raising the money, so. Okay, awesome. That's obviously a great cause. It's a cause close to our hearts. I love it. Okay, Jessica, thank you. So, do you, wait, before we sign off, do you yes. want to give everyone your social media handles or do you want to keep those to yourself? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Jessica Winwood. <laughs> Jessica Winwood yeah, on Instagram. Sp- on Instagram, which is uh, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, and then Winwood is spelled W-Y-N-W-O-O-D. Okay. And that's on Instagram. And my Facebook I keep private. Of course. So. Do you have a Twitter? I do not. Okay, I don't perfect. tweet. So follow, <laughs> <laughs> follow Jessica on Instagram. It was an incredible interview. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. You're incredibly oh, busy and so it meant a lot pleasure. to me. Thank it's you my very pleasure. much, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you.